Is Nirvana's heart-shaped box about Valentine's chocolates? Answer me this, answer me this. Can I nickname my micro-penis a cocklet? Answer me this, answer me this. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. In the last episode... But like pretty much every other episode of Answer Me This, uh, we talked about people being dicks when weddings are happening. and uh, It's a really popular trope. It is, isn't it? Which is a shame. Come on, humans. You don't have to be a dick just because a wedding's happening. You don't have to be a dick to get married here, but, but it, it helps. helps. We've had another question on that subject, and this time it's from Rowan from Darlington, who says, I've become a real dick when I got married. <laughs> uh, who says, I'm getting married in August of this year. Congratulations, Rowan, he has to say. Yes, and have therefore started ultra planning in the last few days. Well, Rowan. of course, yes, because it's half a year away. Yes, but everything you book, they're like, well, all the other brides booked in 2012. Mm. I suppose, yeah, comparatively, it is just around the corner. <sighs> don't start ultra planning now no, though Rowan don't. seriously simmer down yeah. chill out you're just doubling the amount of stress you have than if you ultra planned in four months yeah. my partner and I have started discussing who we would like to give a speech at the reception as due to the fact I don't have a father around we Aww. have a gap where he would traditionally speak on talking about the wedding my mum said oh well I've already started planning my speech darling don't worry <laughs> I absolutely and completely do not want my mother to do a speech she is a cringy anecdote kind of speech giver, as I discovered at my sister's wedding. Oh dear, so there's real precedent uh, here. Where my mum spoke for a horrifyingly long time <laughs> about my sister as a child. I know that my speech would be full of, she's the baby of the family, and horrible stories of how I didn't grow any hair until I was two, and that everyone thought I was a boy. So, Ollie, answer me this. How can I gently tell my mother that I think her speech is a terrible idea, and that it is absolutely out of the question? Well, this is, again, I, I mean, actually, I, it's so nice in a way that I'm getting this idea affirmed to me. Weddings are a nightmare, aren't they? There is no way out of this. Uh, this is why I don't want to get married. No one wins in this situation. There is no way out of it. I've, I've got way out of it. Well, now I have a way out of it. And my <laughs> is com- it elope? <laughs> <laughs> my compromise is ask her to make a toast. Oh, my com- Right, I had two compromises. But, but it's too late now because she said she's going to do a speech. No. You should have got in early and said we'd love you to do a toast. Yeah, what you do, get her to make the speech at a pre-wedding dinner, like the oh, night before when you've yeah, got a bunch okay. of family members together. So it feels like an occasion. And they're all she's, drunk anyway. She's opening the wedding weekend. Yes, nice. Right? Yeah. But far fewer people will see it and then it'll be out of her system. And then you yeah. could also add to that her doing a reading during the ceremony, a reading that you have chosen with her, but it is definitely not ad-libbed. It is definitely not written by her. And then she will have done some talking in front of everybody. Twice. And express stuff. Yeah. But sell it up to her. Don't say to her, I want you to have a shitter yeah. option. Sell it up. Make yeah. it seem like the biggest honour you could possibly confer. No, I like that. Yeah, it's good. It yeah. would mean so much to me, Mother, if you would speak the night before our wedding. I would really feel... Like, that was truly the beginning of our wedding. You introduced me into this world, then you'd be introducing me into my marriage weekend. Absolutely, on the day before the wedding. Yeah. Which is the most important day, as everyone knows. Wedding Eve. Absolutely. Well, here is another question of wedding fuckery from Richard from Rayleigh, who says, I am going on a stag do soon. Stag! Which I'm okay with going on, apart from the fact that the organiser has been swayed by the stag's dad... Dad! ...to hire a midget and also go to strip clubs. I have said I would go before I knew about the itinerary. I don't mind the odd look at a nice-looking woman. Who does? But strippers, I find, are a step too far. So They're I- always complaining about you, Richard, as well. That Richard from Rayleigh with his reluctance to look at me is a step too far. <laughs> he and his respect for women has oh. no place in here. <laughs> Ollie, answer me this. How do I at least get out of going to the strip club without looking like a Mary Whitehouse? Well, my only advice is to wear highly inappropriate shoes and then they might not let you in. Oh, good idea. Turn up in flip-flops and then... Because then you can pretend to be very, very eager 
even a really shitty strip club in a really dodgy part of town is still going to say motors door policy here in fact in a way the shittier the area the more likely that is yeah. uh, and then you can just be really sort of mock embarrassed with the stag and be like oh god i'm so sorry i've ruined your evening and then they'll say oh don't worry we won't go in and then you'll be like no 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 it's fine i'll wait out here i'll just have a drink this in the pub like next it's door happened to you that's, Ollie. <laughs> that's a mm. way through um so i would recommend that you could do a little bit of play acting richard and turn up the stag do with what looks like a heavy cold which is just you having made your nose red with uh, rub it a lot with sandpaper or, or rough kitchen towel and then just look more and more mm. wretched throughout the stag do which should be easy given how most stag do's are and then then you can peel off by the evening there's an, easy, there's an easier solution which is I mean, most stag do's involve like something like a curry just feign or not feign diarrhea <laughs> isn't it interesting what, what is staggier than that none of us are saying tell the truth None of us are saying, well, if you actually I sh- feel awkward around women demeaning themselves and I would feel awkward laughing at a small man making fun of his own height for your benefit. Or small woman. We don't know what we don't gender know. Quite the right. small person is. Yeah. But uh, the reason why we're not saying that, and I think all of us would feel uncomfortable with the idea of going to a strip club, it's just mm. not really our scene. Not really our thing. No, uh, but I think it's because if the dad has persuaded the organiser to do it, Richard's feminist protest will fall on deaf ears. Well, on the other hand, if you got in early and if enough people said... I don't really want to go to a strip club. Like, they, then the organiser could say, look, the, no. the Green doesn't want to go to the strip club. I think it's a no taboo. The, the reason we're not saying to tell the truth is it's a taboo. No one wants the to only... go to the strip club, no, exactly, do they? Exactly. It's, it's the only bigger taboo on a stag do than abstaining from drink is abstaining from tits. And actually, looking awkward at the strip bar is kind of the fun for the other guys who don't feel awkward. Like, I know because I've been the awkward person that and actually... <laughs> the part of the amusement for everyone else is watching me ride around in displeasure... Uh, as I have to sit there, pay a lot of money for a beer and then try and talk to a woman who's sitting on my lap. Horrifically awkward. You're wasting her time, though. Exactly. She, she could be off presenting Point the goods being, to more enthusiastic clientele. That is entertaining for other people in the You're group. You're basically like Elaine in The Graduate, aren't you? Exactly. For graduate-themed stag do, that's inspired. <laughs> Everyone get on the bus. Everyone sit at the back looking awkward. The other thing is, Richard and Rayleigh, your tolerance for this may change with alcohol. It does for a lot of men. You mm. know, there are other men who in the cold light of day would say, oh, I wouldn't go to strip bar. And then actually, if they've drunk seven, eight, nine, ten pints on a stag do, by the time they get there, unlike me, I remain firmly in your camp. I mean, I can enjoy uh, a strip show aesthetically. I can always see the underlying sadness. Mm. Much as with most callers to my LBC show, I can always sense that there's something else going on under the surface and i can't just enjoy the boobs personally damn it. damn it a lot of people can get drunk and they can and you might be one of them give it a go it just seems really old-fashioned now to me am i being a prude it just seems like something that none of the men i know i know many men would uh, enjoy this kind of thing it's almost like the um commodification of something which is a intimate human act is somehow disgusting isn't it even if it, you take away the patriarchal gaze. If women seem to enjoy the seedy side of flaunting their own bodies as much as men did enjoy looking at them, yeah. then I'd feel a bit differently about it. It's because I feel like the women that are there, I know they're there of their own free volition and they can choose some to of do them, it. Some of them have been trafficked. Some, well, yeah, okay. But let's say it's a classy establishment, yeah. none and, of them have been trafficked. And, and some women enjoy the job of stripping. Indeed. But it's just, there's always that doubt hanging over it. So are you looking at the stripper going, is this one empowered exactly. or is she trafficked? <laughs> exactly. Mm. If that subtext wasn't there and we lived in a society where we knew everyone was empowered and everyone had the same sex drive, I'd feel more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But it's just you don't know. 
Um, for example, I've been in Vegas and watched yes. a strip show in Vegas. I'm kind of okay with that because that's literally a show. It's a theatrical event. Yeah, so People they're, involved they're on stage. It. They're models, right. yeah, they're performers, and they're choosing to do topless modelling, and that to me is different. We've all to seen showgirls. Someone who is a borderline prostitute, and you're not sure where she's from, you're not sure if she has any choice about it. So you feel like the fundamental dishonesty underlies any kind of bawdy fun that could present itself? Basically, there's a lot going through my head. And when there's Which a lot going when through you're my drunk head. At a yeah. You should take a book. When there's a lot going through my head, there's not enough blood to go to my cog. I think that's basically it. <laughs> One so, at a time. Um, I mean, I, I know that my friend, uh, let's call him John, because he didn't want his uh, true identity to be revealed. He asked for no pictures at his stag do, no photos. Wow. Second rule was no demeaning of women. Like he genuinely he oh. laid that out right at the beginning, which I think is quite enlightened and interesting. He probably thought this is a watertight way to get out of any stripper action. But actually what happened is instead the best man hired a male stripper. Oh, ha ha ha. Um <laughs> which it still provided the requisite levels of awkwardness, obviously. You were still laughing. In this case, it was it was a slightly more palatable joke, laughing as a man shoved his penis into my straight friend's face because um, <laughs> it took away the sexualized element. It's still but a bit schoolboy, isn't it? Was, it? it was very schoolboy, and um, there was still the feeling that someone was being demeaned, even though they were doing it by choice. There was the feeling that this bloke had turned up. We'd all rented a country house. Uh, and we were all dressed up in fancy dress. It would have been awful had it been a woman, I suppose. That would have been worse. And maybe if it had been like a group of five or six women, it wouldn't have felt so bad. But it would have felt a bit like... Uh, uh, what's that film? Annabelle uh, Chong? The Riot Club. With a bloke. That was nullified to an extent. But it was still horrific. It was still horrific. It didn't actually matter that it was a bloke. Hey, Helen Nolly. It's Lolly here. Um, is a coconut a nut? Or a fruit? Because we really want to know. Well, if you want to get really technical about it, uh, coconut is a droop. Which uh, is a new word for me. Yeah. Droop. Is that a genre of fruit? Yeah, it's a classification. Droop, 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 droop. Droop is uh, it's the classification for stone fruits, which include apricots, dates, coffee, mangoes, peaches and almonds. And so the coconut... That is a great little group. Coffee, yeah. fun, fun. mangoes, yeah. peaches and almonds. What an amazing... Amazing group. Those are the, if that really was, strong contenders. If that was the only group of fruit, mm. I would, that would be the one I would... If they were nominated for best fruit at the Oscar, you'd be happy with that shortlist, wouldn't no, you? No, but yeah, then yeah. cherries would come in on a video link. But like, sorry, I'm filming in Africa, I can't make it. Um, <laughs> but I, I also found out something which I did not know, because I'm not that fond of coconut, so oh. I had no reason to know. Okay, but yeah. before we get on to your fact, yeah. are you, is that your answer? They're a droop, they're not a fruit or a, a nut? Well, the, the definite of nut is really broad and unwieldy. Do you remember when we tried to define a salad? I do. And it was something that rumbled on and on and on. And it's still hard to come to a definitive explanation of salad. Mm. I think nut suffers from the same thing. How we usually see a nut, right, is a hard outer shell with the soft flesh within. So like a walnut or a hazelnut is like that. Whereas uh, a coconut is actually like the stone, so the brown husk is the stone. There was flesh that was oh, on the outside, but it's oh. removed before we get to it in yeah. uh, Britain. And then the white flesh inside is the inside of the stone. Okay. Yeah. What does it look like on the outside? Because when you see them growing on trees, they're green, Yeah, they? so you know when you see people in adverts tropical holidays and they've just lopped the top off a coconut and stuck a straw in it and you you've got this big green My holiday blob. photos. I had one of those in Barbados last year. Yeah. Amazing. You had, Fed it with rum. You had one of those when you're on holiday in Cleethorpes. <laughs> you're clutching onto it with your mittens, trying not to freeze to death. Uh, I love that. I've never had it. Oh, it's so good. I dislike coconuts. 
but maybe fresh coconut Probably not for you. juices, ah, normal. Now, I've got a question of um, supermarket etiquette for you on coconuts. Oh, heavens. Um, how many coconuts can you eat from the coconut bar before you buy one? <laughs> uh, how do you make a coconut shy? No. My question is... Um, <laughs> Spine it in the shower? How do you feel about uh, pre-prepared cut-up chunks of coconut being sold in upmarket supermarkets like Waitrose? Because the reason uh-huh. I ask you okay. is I know that you would be naturally not only cynical but actually like uh, furious vicious yes if i was to be Fable. next with de- yeah if I, if we went shopping to tesco and i picked up a packet of say sliced onions for example yeah, you'd be celery fuming. sticks rather than celery just sticks. celery which comes Great in example. sticks fruit salad i think you'd be like well it's out of season but you know yeah. at least you at least they put four different types of fruit yeah. in there if you're traveling that's useful it's, yeah, exactly mm. so you'd be tolerant yes, but you'd ish. object tolerant really. as i get exactly <laughs> how do you feel about chopped up coconut and the reason i ask is it is just it. one I was going to say fruit, but indeed mm. droop. droop. It is just one droop in a packet. <laughs> just <laughs> one lonely droop. <laughs> but uh, were you to buy a whole coconut, cut it up at home yourself, that really is an effort. And yeah. so I think you have it to is... drop it out of a window or something, just get it to break. Exactly, yeah. it's a huge effort. And then some of it Big will go cleaver. off. Yeah. And actually yeah. what they're giving you is a manageable portion. Yes. It costs pound fifty or whatever. It is delicious. How do you feel about Waitrose selling cut-up coconut chunks? Because they're one of my favourite things to buy from the chilled cabinet. Well, you having said that just means that I'm un- unlikely to venture an opinion because I know already how angry how it might make How much it means me. To, to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but well, you've, you've ventured on that ground before, I d- Helen. I know. I don't feel strongly... You've hurt me in all kinds of ways about fruit and veg. <laughs> well, because you're wrong. I don't feel strongly about this particular thing. But what I do like, even though I dislike coconut, is sometimes in Italy in the summer, on the street, there'll be a little fountain with usually a plastic ball bobbing right in the top. And the fountain gushes over and keeps cool cut up coconut and fruit lumps that you can then buy for refreshment that sounds amazing it would mm. be perfect for you you should rig one up in your garden in the summer if you've got a question then email your question to answer me this podcast at googlemail.com answer me this podcast at googlemail.com answer me this podcast at Well, I'm happy because we've got a question about cats, and I'm doubly happy because it's not a question about cats the musical, which I hate. <laughs> Do you? Do you hate cats the musical? Yeah, well, hate's a bit strong, isn't it? But, I... but considering it's a musical and about a thing that you love. Considering all of the elements in it are things that should amuse me, it's thoroughly disappointing. I haven't seen the recent production. Apparently, Nicole Scherzinger is good. Bothered. Not bothered. Cats. Not bothered. I just It's too much dancing, and there's no proper story, and it's for girls. Anyway, what? Wow. What? But you played with Blue Lego, didn't you? <laughs> I like Starlight Express a lot, and I guess when I was a kid. This is about the choo choo trains, which are for boys. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know, Cats is boring. It is boring. Well, is that because it's based on T.S. Eliot? You're like, did that at university, don't want to be entertained by it now. Not fair. Yeah. I didn't come here to learn. There's a strong anti Semitic undercurrent to Cats. Yeah, well, you should see the musical of uh, Four Quartets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, it's a question from Nate uh, who says uh, I just read that the owner of Grumpy Cat see it's about cats but it's about a specific famous cat Grumpy Cat yep. off the internet um, has earned 100 million dollars from marketing the cat not bad for a cat. C- couple of years work yeah, you've got to be careful where you read this though because I- I've read lots of things that say actually it's more like 2 million dollars 
those were, I've read those, but they were from a couple of years ago, before the cat appeared at South by Southwest. I still think $100 million from marketing your cat on the internet sounds extreme. As a believer in feline rights, continues Nate, I feel, what does that even mean? I feel the cat is the star here, mm. uh, and the owner is essentially a publicity agent with a cat obsession. Yeah, but the cat does also have an agent. Same agent ben as Lashes. Uh, Nyan Cat. The same agent as Keyboard Cat and Doge. All the internet's famousest animals. That is a brilliant niche. To Those be are A-list, A-list, A-list animals. That's no, a really clever thing it's to do. It's an awful niche. Imagine going to your deathbed and like, well, at least I... Oh, no, wait, no. <laughs> wait, I need my time again. Wait! <laughs> Nate continues. The money should at the very least be spent entirely on the cat. How much does cat upkeep cost, though? Cat food and litter and entertainment. Yeah. That's not going to come to... A, $100 million. No. Uh, but also... It kind of goes back to that child modelling question we had where the parents who in child modelling don't get money and yet they're spending all their time taking the child to castings and mm. being there to superintend it. With the cat, the money is all going to the person who is putting the work in yeah, just to that, shill this cat. But that's because the cat will never be of an age where it will understand that it could have given consent or otherwise. Cats operate on a different economic plane to us humans. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So our human money is meaningless to them. It continues. Since spending $100 million on a cat is fucking stupid... Do you agree, Ollie? This is a test. Um... Yes. Okay, good. He says, Helen, answer me this. Are there legal requirements for something like this? Do charities try and claim some of this money? And above all, Helen, above all, is it fair on the cat to be exploited if it's visibly not bothered? Okay. Um, Well, I don't think it is fair. It's not necessarily the exploitation as much as Grumpy Cat does a lot of public meet and greets where it's in a place for hours and people queue and they make Don't a lot of noise. She. she. Tardar some sauce. Respect, please, for Tardar sauce. sauce yeah. will be somewhere like South by Southwest. Yeah. Approximately once a week, I think uh, she does public appearances and it's noisy and people are being idiots and... And cats you know, don't like that. No, cats like Cats solitude, like their own property. Not being poked in the eye, not yeah. being startled, etc. Probably yeah. not being on TV under studio lights. Indeed, yeah. So if you take a picture of the cat as as her fame began yeah. with a picture of her looking grumpy being posted on Reddit. Yeah. Cat's not really aware of that, but I do think the public appearance is a problem. There's another cat called Lil Bub yeah. who suffers from... Say it like I don't know Lil Bub's work. Suffers from, a, I think, a, a growth defect. Yeah, so and, does uh, Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat's got a dwarfism. dwarfism yeah. yeah, but Lil Bub um, only does appearances at animal shelters and the proceeds go to animal charities and uh, raised <laughs> 75 grand no. for animal charities Lil last Bub's year. Lil Bub's the Chris Martin of cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Lil Bub's not wearing like masking tape on uh, her legs. And yeah, but Lil Bub's just become a lot more annoyingly sanctimonious. Yeah, but I think that is better than Grumpy Cat. And you said Grumpy Cat may have only earned one or two million. I think those figures are from a couple of years ago because since then Grumpy Cat is the face of Friskies. Grumpy Cat is... Uh, yeah, but online. Grumpy Cat has... A huge product range, like from electronics to leggings. Yeah. And Grumpy Cat has all the YouTube advertising money. And Grumpy Cat has written two books. And you do think, really, well, you know, of course, the cat hasn't written the book. But also, if you've seen the cat's face, the cat's face is always the same. And so what what has it got to say in two books that you don't already know? I feel the same thing about Russell Brand, to be honest. But then there was the Grumpy Cat film that came out just before Christmas. And when you've got a film, no, not, then it, there's it, money. It was a Lifetime film, right? So it was made yeah. for TV. Yes. This wasn't... People talk about the Grumpy Cat film like it was, you know, out in cinemas uh, to rival Jurassic World. But you it know wasn't. in future, it bloody will be. There will be these cult screenings of Grumpy Cat the movie in future, oh, I reckon. Probably. And you're probably going to be at the I'll all. probably go to the Prince Charles poor along yes. with Grumpy Cat. <laughs> yeah. Poor or purr? But, well, I said poor, but a purr is probably better, yeah. Yeah, purr along with Grumpy Cat. <laughs> Joe from Newnan. Helen and Dolly, answer me this. What is the point of those weird Chinese waving cats? 
do they actually have any sort of significance in Chinese culture or are they just a tourist thing now? Here's a curious thing. The Chinese cats are not Chinese. But everything's mm. made in China. Like yeah, even okay. souvenirs you buy from other places. Sure, sure. Yeah, like um, a lot of Native American artefacts are made in yeah. China. Um, but um, they are Japanese. What? They might be manufactured in China, like everything, but um, it's actually a Japanese thing. It's, it's, it's not even waving. Its arms are beckoning. It looks like it's kind of putting you down. Like yeah. it's saying, you are shit. Or it's like, oh, you're too funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is quite camp. I never really thought about that. Well, there's meaning behind which paws they're holding up. So if it's the left paw, that's supposed to attract customers into a business premises. And if it's the right paw, that's to invite good fortune and money. Right. Um, in 2007, 90% of cats sold had uh, their left paw up, beckoning uh, customers. And then after the Lehman Brothers crash, that swung over to the other paw. And then to hedge their bets, they got ones made with both paws up. But one paw slightly higher than the other, so it didn't look like a kind of, I give up. Right. And did they exist as an ornament before cheap batteries? Yes, they did, because they originated in Japan during the Edo period, so sometime between 17th and 19th centuries. They were definitely around by the 1870s. period BD, before Duracell. (laughs) Exactly. Very popular at the beginning of the 20th century. Most of them don't need power. Really? Do they just run on... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Momentum? Well, a lot of them are just still with no moving parts and others i think they can be caught by a breeze they've just got a little hinge right okay but usually if you walk through chinatown they're all moving aren't they oh yeah what i couldn't find out though is why these cats became so popular by the chinese yeah exactly i wonder whether it was because japan invaded and left them all over the place or whether it's more of a chinese abroad thing uh whereby if you're setting up a business that you want to say chinese to foreigners Mm. you take things that they yes. just say Asian to foreigners, even if foreigners have mistaken Japan and China, which are completely different countries. Well, I think it's time now to uh, relax with a little intermission from Answer Me This episode 88, which is available along with all of our first 170 episodes at answermethisstore.com. Graham from Stoke-on-Trent says, Since my wife of 28 years left me for another woman three years ago... Right. Oh. Crikey. I have had a nagging question. Just one? Yeah. Surely the nagging stops when your wife leaves you, Graham. Hey! <laughs> hey, it's 1975. Presumably it's going to be double nagging in her new relationship, eh? That's true. Naga central. Um, and I wondered if you could shed any light on this matter. Helen, answer me this. When two large ladies are in the throes of passion, and giving oral attention to each other's lady parts, is this known as an 88 rather than the more traditional 69? <laughs> I'd imagine it's more just like a 69, but in large type, isn't it? Yes, it's like a 69 in bold. In bold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's that moment of the show where we implore you to send us questions, not only uh, via the written word, but also with your voice. Please, please, I implore you, please. And here's the number to call. Or you can Skype answer me this. Bloody can. Skypers. Let's hear Skypers going to Skype. <laughs> Skypers going to Skype, 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 Skype. <laughs> and let's hear who's been in touch. Oh, it's really windy. It's Richard here, 23 from Bradford. Yeah, McDonald's, KFC, Burger King, yada yada. Um, why do they not deliver food? They're, they're the biggest takeaway people, and all of the takeaways deliver. But these ones don't. I mean, when I lived in Salford at university, there were individual people who said, provide the service to pick up and, and deliver these takeaways. But they don't actually do it themselves, and they seem to be eccentric. Why is that? Is there an issue with the price point of fast food not being sufficient? To make delivery economically viable? Yes. 
Um, because uh, if you look at Domino's, for example, mm. which obviously people think of as a delivery place, I know you could technically go and pick it up, but really their whole raison d'etre is they'll come and bring yeah. it to you. They are charging £15 for some dough with some cheese on it. Yeah. So although they claim it's free delivery, it's not really, is it? The pizza, even if you were paying a fiver for it, would still be quite a lot of profit for them. Really, they're charging you for the delivery. McDonald's would then have to follow suit and offer free delivery, but free delivery on a cheeseburger is obviously <laughs> going to cost them a loss. So you'd have to be ordering £50 worth of food for it to be worth it. It's just not scalable, is it? It's, it's just not, not worth it. That said, in some countries... Uh, McDonald's and KFC do deliver. Really? Um, but what, I think what have those countries got that we don't have. I, I think fewer branches uh, um, and an upmarket clientele. Also, don't you have the issue of food like McDonald's just not really lasting that well when it's hot? You have to eat it pretty quickly, otherwise the bread is just going to disintegrate and it's pretty gross. Whereas a pizza can sop up oil for a good while while it's being shunted around a motorbike. Yeah, exactly. Again, the whole menu is designed to be served as it's met literally as it's been made yeah um but uh if you go to the mcdonald's website mm-hmm. uh as part of their drive to show what an open and transparent and friendly mm-hmm. company they are here in the uk uh, you can ask them any question about their service and they'll answer it so plenty of people like any Richard, question yeah within reason really? not if you're abusive but like you can oh. say what's in this food or why don't you do that um and their pr team answer it but there have been probably a dozen students from different universities with the same idea as richard saying look everyone on our campus loves a big mac I want to set up a business where I sell Big Macs on campus. Can I do that with your permission well, or not? that's a burger van. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they want the McDonald's one specifically. It's all about the branding, Helen. McDonald's branded burger vans that went around university campuses. Now, yeah, that would be an that okay would work. idea. It's a little tune like uh, an ice cream van. Well, let me tell you exactly what the McDonald's response is. Oh. They say, if an unauthorised company were to set up a service delivering McDonald's food, we would not be able to guarantee the quality of the food or that it would be delivered with the high level of customer service we would expect. In addition, operating a delivery service which advertises our menu and products using McDonald's intellectual property without a licence from McDonald's would constitute trademark infringement. Ha! Thanks for your question. (laughs) (laughs) But, despite that being on their website, Mm. if you Google McDonald's delivery, or indeed KFC delivery, there are services that if you want will charge you a fiver or whatever on top of the one that I saw offered, McDonald's, KFC, Subway or Wagamama. Okay. Uh, and you, that what it relies on is you knowing the menu, asking them for a specific thing, they go and buy it for you. So that you're just paying for a person to go and pick so, it up. Yeah, for exactly. You. And I don't see really what the big companies can do about that. I bet that's exactly the sort of service that um, TV companies would use when you're trapped in an edit suite. Yeah, for 24 hours and you haven't got a runner because they've all gone home. Everyone soon could have their own food runner <laughs> yeah. if you don't work in television. Well, actually, Uber are planning on a spin-off like this. I think they've tested it in are. San Francisco or LA or something because their argument is, why is it you can only order delivery from the places that offer delivery? You should be able to order delivery from any takeout and that's what they do. So you're on your app, you say, get me some uh, pad thai prawns or something and I'll go and pick them up for you. Well, you're talking about sitting being the new smoking. It's not going to get better no. if you can just get whatever you want delivered to you. No. It's only a matter of time though before Amazon do it as well. They probably are already beta testing it. I think basically, so long as you don't use the intellectual property, so long as you don't call it getabigmac.com, there's not much that the big companies can actually do about it. Oh, well, that's you told, Richard. Uh, here is another McDonald's-y question from Peter in Haywardsheath who says, I've got two lovely children, Abigail and Arthur, and they like a happy meal if we're out shopping for a while at the weekend. Of course they do. Makes them happy. Yeah. 
They've been ruthlessly targeted. Clap along if you feel you've been ruthlessly targeted. <laughs> uh, as a result, says Peter, we've got a lot of cheap plastic toys cluttering up the house and causing severe pain whenever I accidentally step on them. Oh, yeah. They seem to have a new set of Happy Meals toys out every week to advertise or twist my arm into taking my kids to see the latest film. Ollie, answer me this. When did McDonald's start issuing Happy Meal toys with the meal? 1977. How many different toys have ever been issued? Thousands. And does anyone in the UK or the whole world own the complete collection? of them there is a bloke in america that's been collecting them since the 80s so the answer is no but he's got a lot wow a hell of a lot and i think uh he had a visit from i think it was bill clinton but in any case uh, a president who was doing a tour trying to get elected when he went to his state did go and visit this guy's collection of happy meals i thought you were about to say some sort of uh, sex crime police because that (laughs) that is a collection that no adult should have (laughs) well it started in fairness when he started taking his kids to mcdonald's once a week for a treat oh okay Uh, okay. and then he started he wasn't going alone and just playing with the toys himself no but then long since his children grew out of it they're all in their late 20s now but he's still got the uh, world's largest collection of happy meal toys Hmm. once you've Um, started it as well with any kind of intent he can't stop now he can't be like I'm just going to collect matchbooks or something. No, exactly. I just really hope that McDonald's ceases to exist before he does so that he can, you know, as, Have an, old, final as, collection. as an old man, go to the final like McDonald's store in the country and like eat the final Happy Meal. Well, it's actually not unthinkable that the McDonald's Happy Meal might die before he does. Oh, is that because of marketing to children being yes. a hot button issue? Oh, really? Indeed, yeah. In countries and counties where they're very, very hot on that. Uh, and in the UK, they've become hotter. Like nowadays, I remember when we were kids, Ronald McDonald as a character used to advertise on Saturday morning Would you TV. like a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> used to advertise how to keep your house safe. You remember they ever see that? No, because so like, I was at school of course, yeah, yeah. learning Latin and shit. <laughs> um, so, like, if you watch children's ITV on a Saturday morning in the 90s, um, Ronald McDonald would sing a song where he danced around the house with a load of kids trailing behind him, like Aww. on Sesame Street, going, here's how to make sure you stay safe. Plug in the plug. Don't put water on it. Yeah, all of that sort of thing. <laughs> Nothing to do with burgers. Yeah. Like, and the message was just... Ronald McDonald is your mate. Yeah, but he'll Trust say... Ronald. Yeah. He's like some celebrities now. He'll say anything if you pay him enough. <laughs> he's like Carol Vorderman. So the, the point being, obviously, you know, they wanted to establish a connection between children and the iconography of McDonald's. Yeah, and uh, scary clowns and children. What goes better together than that? Um, but that's now all banned in the UK. So oh, we've, really? we've gone that far. We, we won't have that sort of ruthless kind of uh, slightly deceiving marketing going on. And in fact, in McDonald's adverts... How long has it been since Ronald McDonald featured? It feels like the last several years have been going, hey, you're a lonely adult just getting out of your business job. Why don't you come into McDonald's? It's like a cool cafe with Arnie Jacobson furniture (laughs) to hide your secret shame. Well, I mean, they're an international company and Ronald does still feature in some of their marketing, but it does vary territory to territory. And indeed, Mm. uh, you know, in places where they're very hot on advertising to children, they have killed off what we would think of as the happy meal they've said you cannot really? you cannot but you can have a meal for children but you can't market it in a way that has the latest disney toy in it that suggests that you know you should be buying this if you're a fan of whatever the kids are into it's called the somber meal now and they've got a copy of pilgrim's progress in there well it is kind of depressing like they did do a fitness meal for adults oh. which was like a pedometer you got a pedometer <laughs> as a toy and it was like a bottle of mineral water like a, a slice slices of apple because that's why you go to McDonald's. A burger without a bun. Yeah, just to be depressed. A burger between two slices of apple. And actually get to look at the burger. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> so the idea of the Happy Meal initially was uh, if we create a box, because it always came in the little box with the golden arches handle, mm. 
they actually got the, the advertising uh, agency that created the box spent ages putting it out to tender getting artists to make little cartoons on it and stuff that would appeal yeah. directly to children if we put it in a box then people will buy more because they're not just buying the burger they're buying the whole experience they're buying the chips the drink and the toy as well and a special kind of ecosystem for those to exist in but the first disney toy wasn't until 1987 so, so what was cluttering it up before then so for 10 years well the original products you've got a mcdoodler stencil eh. a mcwrist wallet eh, what a tiny etch a sketch or some shit some like shit that like that yeah an id bracelet a puzzle lock a spinning top or a mcdonald land character top. eraser so they're like cracker presents really exactly. before disney came along the and disney then they became more like a on. kinder surprise yes biggest ever selling happy meal toy care to guess 1997 oh not toy story one terminator 2 no, no. <laughs> that was armageddon <laughs> full range of uh, characters drilling on the asteroid uh beanie babies uh, um, they would soak up all the oil because <laughs> again that's tapping into the collect them all mentality isn't it so kids would go and order mm. five happy meals discard the burgers just to have the toys 100 million beanie babies mcdonald's sold in you 1997 just buy a beanie baby yeah but not for that price yeah but there what if a, you just keep getting baby, the same beanie baby what are you swapping with your friends helen that's the fun what if you've all got the same one what if all of tunbridge wells was flooded with one type of beanie baby you'd have to go outside the borders to uh, do swapsies sure you've, you've really identified the issue here helen yeah. god mcdonald's was you know sailing close to the wind weren't they when they sold 100 million they must be kicking themselves now if only they'd listen to you i know that my baby is the absolute best i put facebook photos up daily and my friends are impressed apart from ones who block me because they're jealous because their babies are so ugly. Well, why not build a gallery of your kid on Squarespace with special pages for its cute feet and cute hands and cute face so my Facebook feed won't have your kid all over the place. He looks like a scrotum. Thanks ever so much to Squarespace for funding this episode of Answer Me This and for giving you listeners 10% off for a whole year if you sign up to Squarespace using the code ANSWER. Yes. Mm. Uh, and by do- so doing, uh, you're sending a clear signal to Squarespace that you enjoy our work. So thank you for doing that. Because then they give us more money, which means we can afford to make the show for longer. So uh, really, it comes back to you. And, and in any way, it's good because you get a free domain chucked in if you uh, buy their service for a year and you get to design a pretty website. Here's a question from Jeanette who says, Helen, answer me this. Did femidoms ever get popular anywhere well i've read a few articles going well you know that no one likes femidoms well they're big in senegal or they're big in sri lanka or they're big in zimbabwe comparatively to nothing i think the the sad truth is that femidoms didn't really catch on anywhere because although the un really tried to push them in um, developing countries they thought these are a good idea because there are a lot of countries where men refuse to wear condoms but women need to protect themselves against unwanted pregnancy and stds and Mm. try and stem the spread of hiv and stuff but they're three times more expensive than condoms are they yes but they're not three times the size well they are pretty huge they are pretty they're like a rubber Mm. glove with no fingers it's a bit like fucking a costco bin (laughs) that is exactly what it's like and people hate them because they make so much noise oh really there's this huge rustling and they're not necessarily that easy to use they just don't really work on a practical level i read that they were originally designed in fact as an incontinence sheath yeah because they could a whole person could fit in one and just urinate away yeah which if there's anything left in the design to indicate the origins thereby Mm. you're not going to want to screw that it's already not a very sexy origin. No. And the name as well is a pretty awful portmanteau term. It is terrible. I, I read an article as well that was saying, well, that they, they were very popular in Senegal and they used to sell them with a sexy string of beads and the rustling sound came to be a sexy sound because everyone associated it with sex. I was like, oh. really? Here's another question of 
unsavory noises from ed in south australia who says ollie answer me this mm -hmm. why when people human beatbox do they move their hands like they're scratching a record etc when it doesn't actually do anything to the sound coming out of their mouth i suppose it identifies it as a record scratch rather than a squeak doesn't it well, it's, it's performance art isn't it you know why why, why do when, anything why, ed? <laughs> exactly why get out of bed at all it's all pointless we're just going to die in the end anyway why do they Why dim carry the on lights this after facade? a show when, you know, everyone knows they're just acting? I mean, it's part of the show. Uh, I, I think if you're a human beatboxer, and a lot of them obviously are street entertainers, or they're doing spots in nightclubs where people otherwise aren't interested in looking, uh, what you're doing is you're saying, guys, the action's here. The action's in my mouth. If you stand there with just your hands down by your side, or indeed over your mouth so you don't spit on people, um, it's a bit less attractive. Doing something with your hands diverts attention. It also creates a little force field around you. Um, uh, so Because otherwise you would be mobbed by howling fans. But if you're on the street, you actually there is a danger you could end up spitting on someone if they're, if they're too yes. close. So it keeps them away by doing the hand-scratching thing. And also I think it interprets what you're doing yeah. to the layman who may not be familiar with the... Uh, the work of the scratch perverts, for instance. Indeed, the hip-hop genesis of the music to which you're referring. You know, they, yeah. uh, you know, street entertainment, you've got people walking past who are on their way to the Royal Opera House. Yeah, what you're saying to that person is, sir, on your way to see Carmen, ch check this. And then when you do the hand gesture, they're like, oh, it looks... What's he doing? Dusting? Oh, no, he's scratching a record. <laughs> See, when is you he pushing his Bentley? Yeah. When, when you were doing the would you, would you, would you, did yeah. actually do the hand gesture. Yeah, and it worked, didn't it? Would you, would you, would you. See, it if I didn't work. do the hand gesture, it wouldn't mean anything. People at home don't know you're, you're doing the hand gesture. Yeah. But do you think it's Martin, also to show that it's a record scratching rather than just a stupid noise? Because so many of the noises yes. are not really identifiable. Well, that's the... the in truth, that's the thing. Sometimes they'll start, you know, apparently sampling something and you don't know what it is. All they're doing whilst they're boxing, all they'll suddenly do is like do a sound of something, something like that. And you're like, well, I don't actually, it doesn't really sound like you're sampling something because I don't know the song you're sampling. You don't sound yeah. like Eartha Kit. Whereas at least when they're doing the scratching, you're like, oh, okay, that's the, you're doing the record scratch sound. That's clever. Well, round of applause for you. Yeah. Here's 10 pence. I saw a really good band. Uh uh, busking at Oxford Circus yesterday uh -huh. There was a guitar player It was a, a singer And then there was a, a guy Beatboxing for the drums Like a rock drum mm. Beatboxer it's well, really That's good. unusual It's really uh, really convincing I was like Where's the drummer There's was a guy beatboxing I went to a church service And instead of an organist They just had someone Beatboxing <laughs> the organ It was astonishing That would be amazing though. It would be good actually You've finally Managed to convince me Of something that I might like At my funeral yeah, or I'd like a full brass band, but it's just people doing mouth trumpets. Well, we've come to the end of this episode of Answer Me This, but if you want there to be further episodes of Answer Me This, then please supply your questions via email, phone or Skype, and our contact details are on our website, answermethispodcast.com. Remember, you can always listen to Helen's podcast, The Allusionist, by going to theallusionist.org. And you can listen to Ollie's podcast, The Media Podcast, by going to themediapodcast.com. We should say thanks again to Squarespace for sponsoring the show. And please return in two weeks' time for the next Answer Me This comes with a free toy <laughs> Bye! Bye!